0: Any any neighborhood or any community or any country as a whole, it's 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 a mix of people that they have shared values and and, and common, you know, purpose.
1: Welcome to the Start Anywhere Podcast. You're in the right place if you want to hear inspiring stories and get fired up to live life to the fullest. I'm Crystal Garrett, broadcaster turned podcaster, former national team runner and serial goal getter. Every week you'll hear fascinating stories from people all over the world. Every single person you'll meet once started anywhere and eventually made their dreams come true. The aim of this podcast is to entertain you, but hopefully inspire you. Whether you're after a small goal or a big dream, the best place to start is wherever you are right now. So let's go. Let's do this. Let's start anywhere.
0: You need a lot of support systems. You need a lot of resilience. You need a lot of adaptation. You need a lot of flexibility to make sure that you use whatever talent, whatever skills you have really to be able to restart. Uh, and reuse and uh, I think you know in uh, in our lives we have been in many situations where we like we lost hope that uh, our skills even would matter somewhere else.
1: Tarek I'm so happy you could join us today. Um, I know that you've probably started anywhere in your life many many times but I want you to take us back to maybe the months When you arrived in Canada, your family arrived in Canada as refugees, and then you opened the chocolate factory in Antigonish in 2016. I wanted to sort of bring us back to that time. That was a real Start Anywhere moment for you personally and for your family. How did you – you just arrived in Canada. I'm sure it was a blur. How did you get to the point where you were thinking, let's try opening a chocolate factory again? Tarek had never imagined that he would become an international celebrity, inspiring people all over the world with his story of resilience, determination, and success. Just a few years ago, he didn't know if he would live through the night, sleeping in a tent in a refugee camp with constant shelling and violence surrounding him. Before Tarek and his family were forced to flee war-torn Syria in 2012, he was well on his way to a career as a medical doctor, and his family had a beautiful home and a successful chocolate business. Tarek never imagined he'd lose everything he ever owned, and he certainly never imagined he'd be starting a new life in Canada with nothing but the clothes on his back. And even those were donated hand-me-downs. Despite all of the dark challenges he faced, Tarek had a bright vision, and he was determined to do anything he could to not only survive, but thrive no matter what. In 2015, Tarek and his family arrived on a plane in Canada and took up residence in a small town in rural Nova Scotia. And remarkably, within only a few months, Tarek and his family not only had the chocolate business up and running again, they were offering full-time jobs to the locals, and they did it all with kindness and gratitude. In fact, a major motion picture about the Peace by Chocolate story is now making the rounds in theatres. Get ready for an incredibly inspiring conversation with Tarek Haddad, CEO of the company Peace by Chocolate. Tarek, I'm so happy you could join us today. Um, I know that you've probably started anywhere in your life many, many times, but I want you to take us back to maybe the months when you arrived in Canada, your family arrived in Canada as refugees, and then you opened the chocolate factory in Antigonish in 2016. I wanted to sort of bring us back to that time. That was a real Start Anywhere moment for you personally That's and right. for your family. How did you – you just arrived in Canada. I'm sure it was a blur. How did you get to the point where you were thinking, let's try opening a chocolate factory again?
0: um i think that was uh the biggest turning point in my life you know the um the immigration story and arriving in canada and choosing to be in a place where we felt welcome and we felt that we could call home after we lost our uh our home by birth which is in Damascus, syria so the decision was not easy like you know restarting again after losing everything is is so difficult it's so tough And you need a lot of support systems. You need a lot of resilience. You need a lot of adaptation. You need a lot of flexibility to make sure that you use whatever talent, whatever skills you have, really, to be able to restart and reuse. And uh, I think, you know, in uh, in our lives we have been in many situations where we, like, we lost hope that our skills even would matter somewhere else, right? Like when we are born somewhere on this planet, Sometimes we lose that perspective. It's like, you know, we are not trees. Like, you know, we can move and we can find our opportunities and we can re- we can rebuild whatever is lost. So the immigration story to Canada has been, uh, you know, something I've never thought about in my life. Like when I was born in Syria, I'm like there. I was always planning my life to, to be there for, for my community, to be there for my people. And whatever I was contributing, it was based on the fact that, Networking within with and the connection within my relatives, within my family, within my friends, my close circles, and the, the you know the people who I share the bread and butter with, you know the, the people who I you know um, got to to know very well that they share the same values, they share the same culture, they same, they share the same language with me. But the idea of resetting in Canada was really fully motivated by the whole concept of as a human being. We can do anything anywhere, right? We can we can absolutely pivot. We can use any challenge as an opportunity to uh, speak to new values, to learn from others, and that learning curve was, I think, uh, something that I have so much gratitude for. Uh, you know, I, I came to Canada with um, speaking some English. I, I was not I was not really good even to start a full conversation at that time. And my my family, my father and my mother, they didn't speak really any English at all. And then my siblings, they came in and then they were in schools within a week, and they started being like sponges. They were like absorbing all the information and having and building friendships within their schools. Uh, so you know, we figured that uh, the best way for integration. is is building a platform where we will be able to connect with the community, we'll be able to give back to the country that opened the doors for us. You know, everyone has different platforms. Like a lot of people come to Canada with different mindsets of like being, being, for example, a lot of people come here to study. A lot of people come here because they want to find a job that they couldn't really have in their home country. A lot of people just travel because, or immigrate, because economically it makes more sense for them to be in a place where, they can uh, you know start the business or become lawyers or being engineers or following any path in life or working in in tech which canada now is is actually a major international hub for that uh, so i felt you know myself in here's how i found myself i left the middle east in december 2015 by myself my family was not with me and i arrived in toronto And then they told me I'm not going to stay in Toronto. And they told me my flight is the next day to Halifax. And I had no idea where Halifax was. I had no idea where Nova Scotia was actually even. I've never heard about Nova Scotia before. And um, that was like scary. You know, you're going somewhere that you have never been to. And you don't know anyone there. Like uh, everything is open. Everything is is possible. You're, You're just in a split moment. You become a newborn baby. And uh, that you're just learning how to crawl, you're learning how to walk, you're learning how, how how to talk. But the difference is between you and the newborn baby in that case is that you do not lose your skills and your talents that you can reuse, that you can uh, focus on, that you can share, that you can, uh, you know, build a platform based on them. So yeah, the next day I arrived in, in Nova Scotia and uh, I've uh, got to meet the, the the people here. And you know that uh, any any neighborhood or any community or any country as a whole, it's 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 a mix of people that they have shared values and 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 common you know purpose. And that's what I found in in Canada. without the shared values and common purpose, we don't have a nation. We don't have a country. We don't have a community. We don't have neighborhood. Right. And that's the same thing for a family. We, we share that with our family as well. So that's how I connected to the community of, of Antigonish. It's a small town of 5,000 people. They were like, let's help sponsor a Syrian refugee family. And, uh, yeah, I got here, uh, you know, after I landed in Halifax. They drove me to the town. It's two hours uh, away from the airport in Halifax. And uh, I'm like, guys, where are you taking me? And I had no <laughs> idea where was that. To be honest, because I, I have never have never really imagined. I, I was born in Damascus. It's a giant city. You used to you used to see a lot of people everywhere, and I arrived in a small town of 5,000 people, which is you know the size of probably some of the classes at Damascus University are bigger. So <laughs> it's, uh, that was really the challenge for me, just you know adjusting to the transition. But then I believe that the places are not about how big they are. It's about how big-hearted the people that they live in are, right? That's the difference, and that's really what I built on. So the community in Antigonish has been very welcoming. They were all really excited even to meet me uh, when, when I landed here, and I had no idea, you know, why even they cared. Like, why, why did they care? I came from 8,000 kilometers far away. I shared, other than being a human being, sharing the same purpose of living in peace and safety, I was so – I was so exotic to them. Like, I was so different in many ways. Yeah. I didn't speak proper English even. But they didn't care about any of that. They The only thing they cared about is that, you know, as in humanity, we have these shared values that they wanted to, to help me start my life with. So within uh, two weeks, I got to know everything about Canada from them. They taught me everything, a single thing about the culture. They taught me every single thing about Around you know, Christmas celebrations and New Year's and they got to meet families, I got to see them play street hockey on Boxing Day. I got gifts, you know, and they started really realizing that this is a this is a great place. This is a great place to call home. This is a great place where people really do care. And what what more do you need to call a place home? So the whole idea, actually, of me uh, being here in Nova Scotia was uh, very random. I did not choose Nova Scotia; Nova Scotia chose me, and the community of industry chose me. And then I felt that sense of responsibility that it is now my turn to give back that kindness, to to pay it forward, right? And uh, that's every that's every newcomer's mission. It's like you know, how do we, how do we not only you know take the opportunity, but how do we lend a hand? How do we give it back? How do we help other people? So that was really the main thing that in my in our journey, especially in the first few weeks, uh, which were absolutely so critical for our success moving forward. The first few weeks and months in any new place are very, very important to shape your, your vision, to shape your mission, and to really determine what you're going to do next. So I really hope that a lot of immigrants and newcomers, they do not lose focus in their first few weeks and their first few months, and they, they keep their, their vision. Everyone has a lot of ideas when they are on the plane to Canada, and a lot of them lose them when they when they get here because they get sucked into the system and they just start to, you know, there is a lot to figure out. There's integration, there's schooling, there's housing, there's figuring out how to open a bank account, how to get your driver's license, how to do this, how to do that. And life could be really busy and and then they just lose sight of really the things that they wanted to do. and I just figured out that I really have to hold dear to whatever I wanted to do, which is which is building the family business and then my family arrived after a couple of weeks, and we were able to restart the family business within really um this our second month in Canada as a family we were able to start the business right in the home kitchen because we believe that. Maybe we lost everything in the world, but we did not lose our skills and our talents, which was easier for us.
1: this is interesting. I didn't realize that coming on the plane, you were already plotting that you would that you would attempt to open a business as a family when you got here, no matter what you faced.
0: Totally, totally. When I was on the plane and, and uh, you know I, I knew exactly what I wanted to do. Uh, starting the business was not the only option. Um, I have a medical background, and uh, I was in medical school in Damascus. My plan was to continue that path of being a physician, and uh, that was one option. Then the second option was like, you know, probably we're going to start the company. The third option was like, you know, uh, we can we can try to find other opportunities, and we can help other companies grow based on our entrepreneurial experience as a family. And, uh, yeah, you know, it was – it was um, there were limitless options, but then I nailed them down to three, what I really wanted to do. And then the first thing I did when I came here is, like, applying to med schools. And then we're like, no, you can't go to med schools. Mm. I'm like, okay, option one, out of, out of reach. So, you know, go to option two. And uh, the whole idea was behind all of these options where, you know, again, the contributing and, and celebrating the value of peace and which many Canadians take for granted. Mm-hmm. So in many ways, many people just, they have never experienced, you know, having to flee their country. Those who are in Canada, born in Canada, they, everyone kind of, you know, don't know the real, the real meaning of struggle. You know, some people say the struggle is being stuck on the 401 in Toronto, you know, on Traffic Jam in getting your cold double-double at Tim Hortons. It's <laughs> So a lot of people really don't know the real, the real meaning of, you know, suffering and struggle.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, and I'm not saying that, you know, over the past two years, the pandemic has certainly been so difficult on people. But when I landed in Canada, it was that perspective that I wanted to share with, with people. It's like there is a lot of people suffering around the world. And for us to be here, it is a blessing. It is a privilege for us. While many people could not come here. So we wanted to take the best. Actually, we wanted to, to make the best out of this opportunity.
1: Yeah, it sounds like if I can use an analogy like you had the vision, you're holding a deer, I'm going to make a difference, I'm going to I'm going to thrive in this new country no matter what I face. It's like you've got a little candle and you're putting your hand around it to keep it from blowing out. And I know that you you really are obviously an optimist. You focus so much on when you talk about the warmth of the people. But for everyone listening, there are people listening around the world that don't quite understand what it really means to land in Antigonish, Nova Scotia, in December. That's like right. it is no. I know the area very well. I have friends. I have family there. Tons of friends and family in Cape Breton. It the winters are harsh.
0: And I've harsh. read John
1: Tatry's yeah. book about that. It's, he tells your family's right. story beautifully, and I recommend people purchase that book and read it because, but he does such a great job of describing your family's life in Damascus. It sounds like pure heaven. I can't. You only imagine what, right. it, what what it was like to leave that and then be right, dropped totally. in rural Nova Scotia in the middle of the winter. And Annie Ganesh has—it's right. a beautiful town, but that part of northern Nova right. Scotia has economic challenges. It's not like you were dropped into a a, a, a fertile garden. Like it was—it it was hostile conditions for sure.
0: That's right. That's right. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know when uh, the the only thing about us is again. Keeping that focus, you know, we were laser focused on, on what we wanted to do. We were not distracted by the idea of, like, you know, the the size of the that, that the town that we are in or how, you know, building a business here and, and knowing that where businesses can go from a small town. Not too many businesses really succeeded starting in a smaller places because of all the challenges, the logistical challenges, the supply chain, finding employees even in a small town, finding talent and attracting them. And all of that but then uh, we realized that as anything else in life whether we can sit down and complain or whether we dig down and find solutions yeah these yeah. are the only two options right so uh, yeah it was um it was uh, not an easy transition to be honest mm-hmm. uh, there were many challenges on uh, on many levels but we we found ways to turn these challenges into opportunities to grow and to learn and the community uh, has been there for us every step of the way. If we were not in Antigonish, let's put it this way, if we were not in Antigonish, I think it would have taken us 10 or 20 years really to reach where we are today, hmm. uh, you know, in, uh, in our story, in our success. And I don't agree it was even possible to have, to have the same kind of uh, story, you know, to build the story and to build a brand and to build a business anywhere else. Because if I was in Toronto, and if I was walking on Bay Street, the next day I arrived in Canada, no one would notice that I just got here. Everyone was busy. Everyone, you know, think that I'm a stranger. Everyone mm-hmm. just, they don't know. But when I landed in Cheganish, the next day I was walking on Main Street. Everyone knew that I was a newcomer. <laughs> Everyone started coming to me and saying, hey, bud, you know, do you need anything? Wow. How was your flight? How was your trip? We saw you on the newspaper. Do you need anything? Do you need any clothing? Do you have warm you know uh, mittens. You have warm, warm boots, and I'm like, I'm fully ready for the winter. So everyone like started bringing me all all these kind of things that I needed, some stuff that I even didn't need, but they just felt that uh, they wanted support and they helped, and they felt that I was away around the holidays from my family because they were not here. So they invited me to all kind of events to meet their families and all of that. So I think that was that was uh, the the key reason for success, and I think. Um, that's when we started absorbing kindness, you know, mm-hmm. absorbing that kindness. And then it was at a time when we were like, this kindness now inside us has to be somewhere. Like, We have to pass it on to, to other people and to our community and giving back. So th- this is really what shaped our family's uh, vision from there.
1: Yes, and it, it it's evident, and I know that you donate of uh, the of well, the company's profits three to five percent as it's just built in to your company's mandate, and if you go to your website, you can see all of the organizations you support locally and globally yeah, um, yeah. that I understand, that was that from the get go that you made that commitment? We're just going to to give away what we can to make a difference.
0: Absolutely, absolutely, and uh, you know the three to five percent is throughout our peace on Air society. But there are many campaigns that they are not part of that three to five percent, which is a new campaign. For example, we launched with the uh, Canadian Red Cross for uh, Peace for Ukraine, where we donate entire proceeds from our products to campaigns that we believe in. So. You know, now we have with the Canadian Mental Health Association, we support indigenous communities. We work with homeless youth in the city of Halifax and across Canada. We work with refugees and support their resettlement throughout the product called Welcome to Canada. And a lot of those, you know, products, everyone is getting them around the country and even Canadians around the world. They were like celebrating the Canadian values through our story and through our throughout our brand. So I believed, you know, that uh, businesses, they have a social responsibility since we started the business. And that social uh, responsibility was uh, very clear for us. It has to be part of the, the key values for us, which is, you know, the value of contribution. So in Peace by Chocolate, we have multiple values that are so- associated with our peace brand. It goes for, you know, being passionate about what we do, by being enthusiastic by being advocates for the cause and by contributing to the things that we believe in and seeking excellence. So excellence is, you know, the number five value in the comedy because without it, you can't do anything. And I think in a market that is so saturated, like, you know, the country, to be honest, the country did not need more chocolate. Like the, Canada had enough chocolate before we arrived. I'm not saying that we reinvented the wheel. I'm just saying that we have created a value throughout business which was missing like you did not whenever you go into a grocery store no one tells you a story like every product most products you buy in the grocery store is just for consuming it's like cool reads you know who, who who cares when you go to a grocery store you didn't find that people really cared about a lot of the the things that they were they were buying it's just about you know getting delicious chocolate bar or getting especially in the market that we are in you just found that it's so commercial And a lot of those companies, uh, they don't even care about, you know, their communities. Probably it's not made in Canada. Probably it's made somewhere else. And it's not based on ethical sourcing. Yes. So the chocolate industry has been always tainted with with all of these, you know, uh, misconducts, you know, within the industry with child labor, you know, with uh, injustice and unfair payments to cocoa farmers. So a lot of people don't know that, you know? So we wanted to bring that value to light and tell people that peace is beautiful in every way and peace is beautiful in every language.
1: And that's why I, I love your story. I mean, there's the immigrant success story and then there's the there's the doing business successfully with integrity. I think that's an important story too. But I wanna talk a little bit about the whole peace element. I, I think that, and you mentioned Ukraine as well, um, I understand, like right now, the world seems very dark. Uh, it, it does right. seem very dark. It, in fact, it's shockingly, conditions are shockingly similar to the time that we were, Canadians were welcoming refugees from Syria. Now we're welcoming yeah, yeah, right. um, families from Ukraine. They're coming in now. Um, just, you've obviously chosen kindness as a person and, and as a business owner, but how much can kindness actually do? It does feel overwhelming. It feels like how much, what can we possibly do? How much light from kindness could possibly obscure the dark of the world right now?
0: Well, to be honest, you know, in in full honesty and clarity, probably kindness is not going to solve every world problem, but I know it is the start for the solution of every world problem. If we were to be kind, if we were to care, I think kindness just, you know, brings care, you know, brings love, brings peace. And it is almost the start of, of everything. And kindness begets kindness hate and anxiety get hate and anxiety this is the law of reciprocity whatever you give you will get back and i'm not saying if someone is going to help you know other people in their neighborhood or help a neighbor somehow doing renovations for their for their house or supporting a stranger in their school or in their uh in their work workplace i'm not saying that they can expect the return tomorrow Or in 10 years or 40 years I don't know probably would come probably won't but we'll always feel good when we do it you know we Mm -hmm. have we have that sense you know that whenever we do good we have we have that great energy that comes with top dopamine right like we we feel good because we are changing something for somebody else if you see someone on the sidewalk that is carrying three boxes and some of them fell on the sidewalk you would go and help them and They would say thank you, and you would feel really good for your day. And, you know, imagine doing that on a mass scale. Imagine if everyone was kind. Imagine if everyone was there to help each other. The world is is going to be definitely, definitely much better than the world that we're living in right now. And I think uh, the way that we were connecting kindness to peace uh, created that uniqueness in in the values that we celebrate every day. Because uh, without peace, no one can go to work. No one can build businesses. You cannot risk it. You cannot do anything without peace. We cannot record this without peace. If I know I'm not living in peace here, why would I be sitting here for now half an hour? Knowing that a mortar rocket is not gonna is not gonna hit me, right? Yes. Knowing that knowing that I, I live relatively in in a place where I'm uh, I know I can build a plan for tomorrow, for the next ten years, for the next fifty years, I can plan. So it is a big deal. A lot of people just don't think about it, but it is a big deal. The other aspect of kindness that I really wanted to share is I'm in Canada because of kindness. I have my life changed because of kindness, and it is not intentional kindness. It is random acts of kindness for people who I have never met and I will never meet again. I'm in Canada because of a cab driver. I was in Lebanon, and I lost hope, and uh, I was in Beirut. And I finished one of my volunteering sessions with WHO. We're building primary and secondary health care centers. I finished. I went down. I saw a taxi. And then I asked the guy if he can drive me to see my family. It was late at night. And uh, I told him I, have, I don't have any money. And he was such a kind Lebanese man. And he told me, well, just come on, you know, in, in, in the car. I'm going in that direction anyway, so I'm going to drive you. I was like, you really don't have to do that. But I was like, just come, you know, in the car. It's, it's, all, it's all right. I'm going to drive you. So we were in the car. We were talking about everything. And then he asked me what I want to do. And I told him I can't even plan for my next hour. Like, you know, we lost everything in the war. And in Lebanon, we were counting down to death. Like, you cannot work. You cannot gain money. You cannot study. You can't have anything. And then he told me, did you know that there is a scholarship at the Canadian embassy that you can apply to? And you can just travel," I said. "No, actually, I didn't know that." So after you know, after 25, after a 30-minute drive with him, I thanked him. I went to the house, and I have no idea what the guy's name even was. You know, I have no idea. I have no idea how did he get me there. I have no idea why I met him. But then I went and I applied to the Canadian embassy, and I had I have I had no hope at all that I'm gonna even get an email back or a call. Because I applied to almost every country around the world. And within a week, I gave one email saying that my application was excellent. And they wanted to see me at the embassy. And I went to the embassy. And I didn't get the scholarship at that time. But because my application was really good, the ambassador invited me and my family to immigrate to Canada. And, uh, yeah, and then I told my family we are going to Fly all the way to Canada, and they almost hated me <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but then anyway, they understood they were excited that there's at least uh, three months of summer sometimes it gets shortened to two months uh but uh, they were really excited to be in a country where they they felt respected, they felt their dignity uh is 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 back, they felt that they can rebuild their lives but the 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 moral of the story is. I have never imagined that we meet that cab driver. I will never know who he was. I will never meet him again. Highest likely, 99%, never meet him again, unless if he is watching what we are doing in Canada and they will be reaching out, hopefully. Yeah. So that guy is, you know, that guy changed my life. And uh, he probably he didn't gain anything from it. Like, he did not, I did not pay him for that. I didn't even have money to pay him for the ride. So... Uh, you know if that story does not motivate people to be more kind actually i have no idea what's going to
1: motivate them so that is so I, perfect we all have something we can do we all have exactly. something we can do and if we all just use that power that gift we have to try to make a difference in somebody's life it can start a positive chain reaction i mean like that cab driver he had in that moment something he could give you which was was a ride absolutely Did you know, Season 2 of the Start Anywhere podcast is already in the works. If you have an inspiring story or you know someone who does, get in touch with me. I would love to hear from you. I'm looking for stories from people who once started anywhere, then made a dream come true at different ages and stages of life. Maybe that's you, or maybe it's someone who inspires you. Either way, I want to know about it. And I'd love for you to join the Start Anywhere community. Sign up for the newsletter to keep tabs on what's happening behind the scenes. You can get my contact information in the show notes or go to my website, crystaljoygarrett.com. Now, back to the episode. Before we go, I I just wanted to bring up, it's pretty much implied in everything you've said, but you've obviously been through, you and your family have been through challenges that most people listening could not even imagine. You've seen highs and you've seen lows, um, and I don't even, we don't even have to go into those details because it's not a contest about how much pain and suffering, but it's been a lot. How did you right. emerge from those dark depths of your life to have such a positive outlook on life? Uh, I think uh, you know it's
0: as you mentioned. I'm optimist, uh, optimistic by uh, by nature, uh, and I always feel that you know if uh, we are not optimistic, I really feel that we we build burdens on ourselves to even to think about the next day. So uh, I, I truly felt that we always have to build these systems of of uh, positivity around us, and we certainly have to surround ourselves with people that they believe in what we believe in, and they can help us along the journey because life is not easy. You know, you need to learn every single day something new to keep up, and especially if you immigrate, you need ten you need to learn ten things every day to keep up. Until you reach the phase of stability. Now I am in my sixth year in Canada, and I feel I still did not learn enough. You know, I'm I'm trying to follow all the history, all the news, all the trends, and all of that. So I think it starts with kind people around us. That's you know how you keep your your optimism. Imagine having negative people around you all the time. You know, telling you how how life. Sucks, you know, or how life really is, is not, you know, something that they imagine, and uh, and all the challenges in their schools, or even, you know, getting out of their bed on a minus twenty out when it's minus twenty outside, and you know, all these kind of of stories really take you takes you down, right? So I think, um, you know, building a team or surrounding yourself with with uh, networks and friends. Uh, It certainly helps you know, with, with keeping that positive mindset and positive attitude. And at the same time, you have to practice a lot of things. You have to practice thinking the first thing when you wake up, what are the things that you are proud of, right? And what are the things that you are grateful for? And what are the things that you are looking forward to? When you think about the things that you are grateful for, it just shifts your mindset from the things that you don't have to the things that you have. You know, we have a lot. We have family. We have a roof over our head. We have enough food for the day. We have cars, so it can get us from from point A to point B. You know, we have fam. We have friends around the country. We can travel anywhere. We have. We are Canadian citizens now, so we get to enjoy the rights and the freedoms of that this country really offered us. There's a lot to be grateful for, and and a lot of people, you know, would think that. You know, we also don't have many things. Our family is scattered around the world right now, and but also, you know, focusing, balancing. I think the things that what we have, what we don't have, is is a good way to start, right? And then certainly building that vision for your for your next uh, coming years is very important because you have to build life goals. You have to know where you're going, and at the same time, you know, that optimism as well has to come from good place in your life, like life has not always been difficult for us before 2011 we're living such a happy life as you read in the book crystal so the the idea of positivity also comes from reflecting on our history and thinking how we can bring it back and how we can live these happy moments again which i think it's it's all coming you know my family is reuniting again my sister arrived two weeks ago from Saudi Arabia and now we have we have a lot of family members arriving in Canada again so it's going to be a a great family uh, reunification, you know, over the next coming years, and we're looking forward to it.
1: That's beautiful. We have such an extraordinary story to share, and I think something that came through as well when we were speaking today was about peace. How much you value peace, because you've known the ultimate of, of, of no peace at all, you Absolutely. know, you are fearing for your Absolutely. life at any moment. Yep. Um, yep. And I think that perspective, when you go through something horrible, it actually helps you, at least in my, case, in my life, I've, I've gone anything that I've gone through, super-duper challenges that knock me down flat. Um, when I look back at those times, I'm grateful for those times because they helped me be a more compassionate person and, and a more grateful person.
0: A hundred percent. You couldn't have said it better.
1: So I guess my last bit of advice, always at the end of every episode, I ask the guests some advice for the people listening. So if anybody is right now in that state in their life where they're going through some challenges that are just so overwhelming, they, they can barely they can barely think about tomorrow because they're overwhelmed with that challenge. What would your advice be to that person about just getting through the, that time in their life and, and, and moving through it?
0: Well, you know, I always start with, you know, thinking about... Uh, we could have, we are meant to be here. We are meant to, to, to be alive. We are meant to, uh, to celebrate our, our sense of values that we have developed over the years. And I know we have been through a lot of challenges and a lot of people would be like losing hope within every challenge and every, uh, every obstacle that they face along the journey. But life is about peaks and valleys, right? It's not, you're not always going to be in the peak. So being in the valley is going to make you appreciate being in the peak much more. And being in the peak is going to prepare you for the next valley. This is life. You know, it's, it's not about what you choose. You have to to take it all and, and you have ready to learn along the journey. And I think uh, being in that peak as well is going to prepare you for the next peak, which is going to be bigger. So please focus on, on your next peak because it's going to be a, a major change in your life. And again, you know, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. I know we have been throughout the pandemic over the, the past two years that was devastating on many people. I'm not saying that, you know, the war is the worst thing that could happen. Probably a pandemic has been much more devastating on so many people than even living through a war because the virus is, is invisible. You can't really see your enemy. So this, this was a huge, stressful period on a lot of people. But at the same time, I think it's all about perspective. And, again, appreciating really what, what you have. It's going to help you uh, do magic. I think uh, when, when I arrived in Canada, I just knew that uh, I could, uh, you know, I could complain about a lot of things, but I just chose to dig down and find solutions. And uh, the last advice I want to give people certainly is something I love and I share almost in every interview and every <laughs> podcast and every speech. Please, if it's not working, go networking. So, Uh, if it's not working, go networking. You have to network uh, with with other people that they share the same values as you do. And you have to make sure that, uh, you know, people are always uh, receptive to everything that that you have in mind. And you you have to try to shape whatever your vision is in a way that people are going to understand it and be part of it. So I think taking your story to the place of leadership is very important. And everyone has their own story. Never be afraid to speak up about your story, to speak up about your values because you never know who needs your light.
1: Tarek, that was beautifully said. Thank you so much for your time today.
0: My pleasure. Thank you so much, Crystal. It's been an honor.
1: You can find out more about Tarek's story by visiting the Peace by Chocolate website. You can also read the book by John Tattry that documents his family's story beautifully or you can see the major motion picture based on the Haddad family's journey. I've put links to all of those in the show notes. Next time on the Start Anywhere podcast, being open to new possibilities.
0: I've had all kinds of spiritual experiences, but I would have never pegged myself as like a spirit talker or a medium or anything like that. And um, they progressed. I mean, through life at the most, the key time, I would say that really kind of made me, you know, really think it was when my my father passed away. When I was uh, 15 years old and I had that visitation with him a year after where I'll, I'll say I was enlightened. Because after that visitation, I actually got to see a glimpse of the other side.
1: Indigenous spirit talker Sean Leonard shares his incredible story of how he reluctantly started anywhere and became a psychic medium. It's an inspiring and candid conversation that will challenge and inspire even the most skeptical among us. That's next on the Start Anywhere podcast. Thanks for listening to the Start Anywhere podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, consider giving it a five-star review before you go. This makes a huge difference in helping people find the podcast more easily. And we're trying to start a movement of positivity here. Before we go, I want to give special thanks to Mike Boyd, who produces this show in the Podcast Atlantic Studios in Dartmouth, Nova Scotia, Canada. Thanks again for listening. And until we meet again, remember, whether you're folding a pile of laundry or chasing a big dream, the best thing you can do is start anywhere.